we should read our Bibles. As men digging for buried treasure. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of peoples according to the number of the sons of God. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but yet expose them. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Life's a garden, man. You gotta dig it. Hello fellow treasure hunters, welcome to the excavation site, I'm Justin, alongside me we got Ben, Steven, and Chad, we'll be your guides on this excursion, hope you brought your shovel and your compass, cause we got the map, let's dig. What is going on, all my local guys and gals and long distance pals, we're back. <laughs> yes we are. Yeah, you always say yes. We are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Well, you don't laugh at me no more. No, it's it's uh, it's kind of a permanent fixture now. Okay. Well, what's been going on with you? No, nothing new, man. Just work, 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 work. Yeah, they're already decorating for Christmas. Uh, Yeah, I leave that to my wife. That's that's her. That's her uh, passion. Yeah, and I got to listen to Ben Crosby, Mariah Carey, everywhere you go. They started that like two weeks ago. I know. It's a, everybody's such in a rush to mm-hmm. get everything done. It's just, it's like that movie Click, Adam Sandler. They're just ready to hit that fast, fast forward, forward button. button. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which, uh, at the time we're recording, it's uh, two days after Thanksgiving. Ate lots of turkey. Did you get full? Uh, and then some. A lot of good napping in football. And then some. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, Ben, he can't be with us today. He was uh, having uh, another dinner with his uh, family up in uh, Bristol. So it's just us two today. But uh, we got a really uh, special guest for you today. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this conversation. It's going to be a little bit of a ride. I think so. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, let's see. I-, I prayed last time. It's your turn. Right. Well, dear Heavenly Father, please use this today as a as a, a a means to reach out to somebody who needs to hear something that that will change their life that will that will bring them closer to you help us uncover some truth that someone has yet to find and lord help us just reach even just that one person and that makes us all worthwhile in your name we pray amen and amen amen guys well today we got a real special treat for you uh this guy right here uh a YouTuber, uh, I discovered him probably around 2011, 2012, and uh, it was actually uh, this guy that got me on the trail of uh, the Aaron Judkinses and the Derek Gilberts and, and the Mike Heisers. I mean, this guy right here uh, totally lit a fire under my butt and got me re- excited to read my Bible again, so I'm going to try my best to take my fanboy hat off today and uh give a good interview but today we got with us uh trey smith from god in a nutshell how you doing trey oh it's an it's an honor to be the honor's mine justin i it's really an honor to be on with you guys and what you're doing and i'm not gonna lie uh you know you kind of went quiet there for about a year and i was like oh man where did trey go then out of nowhere 
you come out brand new website eight new dvds it's man you've been at work yeah we actually during the during the entire covid whatever this has been i um there, there were a lot of times I, I something would make me mad or they were you know they, they were they were doing something evil or wicked and i would want to jump on there and uh and talk about it and actually in that in that time frame i watched a lot of people get uh that, that, that did do that and um uh a lot of people that are really fighting actually on rumble and some of the other the other channels um but there were so many people that got censored off during that time for everything from talking about you know if someone mentioned 5g towers or they talked about vaccines or they talked about uh you name it um and during that time i kind of stayed focused on putting together some biblical things that that were as solid as i could get them and also make them look better also make them look a little better than they had in the past and so and i hope we did that oh you have definitely uh i remember the first videos man it's uh you can tell the the growth and progression how you've uh honed your craft but but the nuggets are still there <laughs> yeah there, there was uh, so in the old ones so in the the older films there was a there was certainly a lot of heart in them and these new things that i've been putting together but there were also a lot of things that i that i would change and so um over the years we've we've well particularly these last two years i wanted to put together some things that had a, a lot of the stuff that would make me cringe in the older ones things that i i thought maybe i got a little off or they didn't and there were a lot of places that the audio levels were just horrible on those older films and I wanted to put together kind of the same, a lot of the same material, but put it together in a way that that looked credible. P people judge things by how they look, particularly the left, particularly Democrats. They, they would fight you over one word, <laughs> and uh, which is funny because now they want to they want to call everyone him, they, she, wear dresses and all these. Whereas in the past, if you if you got a science word wrong, they would they would fight you to death over it. I felt like it was important for whatever cause to get these things up before the midterms and before 2023 and this set of stuff, because I have this wild feeling in my heart. In fact, I was doing a, some recording on some stuff before we, we did this interview, which is talking about some thoughts on that. Because I, I feel like it took America quite a while to get into this position that we're in that where there's a lot of people that that actually write and they, they they feel like they're running out of hope and the it took a long time for america to get in this spot that we're in and it's going to take some fighting and some courage to get out of it and that's just what it's going to be and that there's there's more i've commonly said there's there's more bad guys in this thing than a bruce willis movie and the, and the more that you you look at it, it's 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 larger scope than what's happening with viruses and what's happening with the whole mess of it. it if you tell a child not to touch the stove, they're going to go and touch the stove. Yeah. But the moment they get burned by it, then they know what that feels like. And for years and years and years, you saw guys like like Alex Jones. They would they would yell and they would scream and they would say, "Hey, look! What they're really telling you 
is there's a train coming and you're standing on the tracks, right? That's the overview of the message of, of a lot of people. And then you've got this whole crowd of people that are stating, hey, man, why are you screaming at me like that? Why, why would you why are you telling me this in this way? Why don't you calm down a little? And the guy's stating you're on the train tracks. You're about to get hit. And kind of what I'm stating and what I'm seeing is that there are going to, as horrible as it is, there are going to have to be people hit by the train for other people to see, oh my gosh, I've got, you know, it's, it's time to shake awake and listen. Oh yeah. And I remember, uh, you know, you were, you was active during the uh, 2020 election and far as a, you know, a, a spiritual warfare lens, I never seen spiritual warfare that, distinctive before in my life between the 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 riots and the streets uh you know the black lives matter uh just uh just all that animosity you know that was going on at that time it was like in my opinion i think i've said it before i think when we had brad stein on the show i was like the demonic realm the rulers and principalities they absolutely did not want another four years of Donald Trump because of the, the work that he did to, to reverse what, you know, took them hundreds of years to get there. Right. And like you said, it's something that has been progressing that way. And he took a big chunk out of it. And now they're, now we're waltzing right back to, to where we were. We, you know, we ain't, you know, building back better or nothing. We're going backwards. What, well, guys, there's actually, so I actually, um, in, in fact, what I was sort of trying to express and it, and some stuff I was putting together today that you ought to be really, really, really encouraged where we are, like, like more than a lot more than it looks because the, the worry that I had that he, he was going to win in 2020, I, I really worried about this because, uh, well, here's what I worried about. So in 2024, after Trump's not there anymore, then they're going to come back and they're going to punch you like there's no tomorrow. You're in a spot right now where I believe you are going to get him back. But in the process of this, feel like a roller coaster. You're on top and now you're going to this, this, this pit. Okay. So it, it's when you're up here at the top that you should be a little worried about where you are. It's when you're in kind of the valley or the low place that you've really got not a lot of places to go but up. And it might get a little dark, fellas. But we are going to go up on the other end. And in that process, people are going to physically, they're going to see, they're going to, they already are. They're waking up in droves and they're going to have to drop these terms. I'm telling you, there's a lot of these Kennedy Democrats out there. I know some of them. And they're just going to have to drop that word because I, I don't think that party has a future. And guys, I don't think it even exists anymore. No, it does. And here's what I mean by that. I'm not telling you. That when you go down the street, you're not going to find a few guys wearing dresses or these kind of things. You're going to, and you're always going to have that. I mean, that's fine. But there's very few of them. And even when you go to these riots and different things, I walked through some of those in, was it 2020? It was 2020. Yeah. I walked through, I, I, I walked through some of these and, and it looked to me mainly to be, you know, the college kids that are in the bars and now they're coming out and they're destroying stuff. And I, w I went through them in Austin, Texas. I went through them um, in Dallas. I went through. So I'll tell you the largest that I saw them in the, in the drive that I did, because I actually went, I had a cousin 
who was a police officer, was killed in the line of duty during these because they, they're um, having all sorts of crimes going on. And, and he ran into a house and he ended up getting shot. So while we were driving down there, I actually walked through some of these riots. So I'd go down the riot areas. And what I found is that there were mainly rebellious college kids. And there's, there's something to that as well, that what you're, you've had a problem that is started in these universities and it's going to have to get weeded out of there. It's, first of all, nobody could, could even trust a college degree today. You can't trust any of these people. They're the, um, 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 no structure can exceed the, the strength of its grounding. And I've said that a lot, and that comes from Kim Clement. And the universities are the source of your Antifa, they're the source of your riots, they're the source of all of these ideologies. <coughs> they're the source of all of the troubles that are going on, and are a, a, a massive degree of it. And that's because these universities got taken over by very radical hippies and, and liberals and, and, and straight up many of them communists back in the 60s and 70s while nobody was watching. And the other thing that happened while you're seeing all this corruption in your politics and these, and these other places is those same kids with those ideologies, while the Christians weren't watching, they were looking the other way, they were worried about all sorts of little stuff that doesn't matter. They were literally infiltrating all of those offices. Hmm. And that's why it, it should come as no shock. And it's gonna take some work so when Donald Trump said this swamp is deep, I believe him. And I think if you could, if any of us could see the scope of it, it would be terrifying. All, all every, pretty much everything that's immoral is what they lift up. It is all, all of the people that should not be on top are the people that are installed as leaders, not just here in the United States, but all across, all across the globe, all across, across the earth. Well, like you so, say too, it's an inversion. You know, I like how you, you say that in your videos with your hourglass. You know, that's what the demonic does. It takes yeah. everything and spins it on its head. It's it's the upside down. It actually it actually applies in the in the in the basic teachings that you're seeing. For example, if you if you wanted to go into law, I mean, there, there's a book back there at the law school that will be on uh, on co on on ethics, right? But nobody's going to follow that. Not if you want to make some real money, right? The best liars, the best cheaters, the best. I mean, only if, in fact, the common terminology in there, they'll, they'll tell businesses today. I mean, this is part of common talk. You know, hey, man, if you're not breaking the rules, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're not being uh, aggressive enough. You're not being edgy enough. If, uh, you know, most of the major law firms will say, hey, man, if you're, if you're not spending 20 to 25 percent of your company's income on, uh, on legal fees for, uh, you know, all the rules you're breaking, um, you're just not an aggressive enough company there. Um, all of it is a lot of it's upside down right now. And um, to replace those people that are in those offices with people that will stand up for you again, who aren't, I mean, on this path we're on that this was intended on their end. I can assure you on their end was intended for you never to come back from it. They, they, there wasn't going to be, you were going to get relief after COVID was over. There wasn't going to be, they were going to do little lulls, take more away from you, do little lulls, take more away from you until there's nothing left. 
until yeah. there's no power for you. And this is a model that's been done in country after country after country. So they favor the people that run the world currently favor crooks and criminals because those are the easiest to control people that are entirely compromised. Well, it's Inky's and, world order. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Inky's it, it, world it, it, order, you know, Inky, the, the God Inky created humanity and we're supposed to be just dumb enough to do all the labor that they don't want to do. And that way we're right. subservient. That's what it is. Yeah. That's an interest. That's an interesting point because the, 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 the theme that they're using is not, is also not a, a new one. Sometimes people can believe that they're, they're doing something really smart and really brilliant, but what they're doing is actually no different from what the, what the Pharaohs did out there with the pyramids. And the reason all you get is a pyramid out of those time periods. Cause you, you look at, you look at those time periods and guys will say, well, surely there were, there were aliens that built these, these pyramids or surely there were, there, there just has to have been. And, and part of the reason for that is because you can't bring yourself to believe that all of this talent and skill went to stacking rocks. Um, but, but what, what you're looking at is that the, um, uh, the Pharaohs and those dictatorships that they suck the life out of those people. And that's all you have with slaves. And that, that's the, that that's the pathway that we're on right now, guys. I, I think that they're going to lose, but it's going to take a lot of people standing up and having courage not to bow down to it. And it's going to take a lot more people going ahead and waking up and, um, and in the course of that, you're going to have a lot of people, there's, there's casualties in this, fellas. Oh, yeah. And one thing, too, I guess, since, uh, you know, all this stuff ties in, you know, just, you know, like Ecclesiastes, nothing new is under the sun. You know, this is the same systems, just repackaged with a pretty little bow and, and modernized. Uh, if uh, you don't care, I'd like to dive into uh, some of your work that you've put out. Uh, okay. Specifically, uh, uh, I love how you dive into uh, all the old Mesopotamian and Sumerian epics and how all those are, are correlated with the Bible. And, and that's what I even mentioned with that whole the Inky's world order. You right. know, I learned that from watching your video and that, that stuff is <laughs> right. just fascinating and it applies today. Right. Uh, uh, if you don't care, I guess just uh, let us know like the, the titles of the stuff you got and kind of what you're going into. And Well, so we've been doing, so what I've been trying to do, Justin, is I've been trying to correlate a lot of the biblical stuff with a lot of the, uh, with a lot of the ancient pagan stuff. So, and then, and that's far easier to do. Well, it was a bunch of work to do, but it was also far easier to do than, uh, than, than the universities would claim that there is no correlation between these things. But the more that I began to look at them, the more they're all talking about the same events. They're talking about the, um, the same people, roughly. And, and by the way, when you talk about these ancient empires, many of them or their, you know, their, their general sites, so you, you tend to think one would tend to think of them as these enormous things, but, but really in truth, they're the size of a couple of, you know, modern day super Walmarts put together. They're, they're really not, you know, you, you look at it by comparison to what we've got today and it's actually, um, 
in many instances, particularly out there at the very start, in the places where this stuff all began, like in Sumer and Akkad, um, you know, the, these temples are probably the size of a, of a modern day super Walmart. And, it, and you've got, you know, little mud brick huts that most of which are gone today that will, might stretch out for miles in any direction. But um, and the temples will be the center of it. Well, Nimrod out there in the ancient world, he's covered on a lot of ancient texts. In fact, the um, in Merkur and the Lord of Arata is a particular set of texts. I tend to believe that he was writing back and forth to Noah and that that entire family. Well, you have three sons. So you have Ham, Shem and Japheth. And th so through the lineage of Shem, you're going to end up getting eventually Abraham and eventually Jesus. Now, if you take the other lineage through Ham and his son Canaan, a, a lot of these people were cave dwellers, particularly the Canaanites. They, they, they sort of liked being underground, which is interesting because you're going to find correlations between that. And uh, a lot of uh, these world leaders today, they like to, you know, they're, they're probably doing far more tunneling underground than anyone knows about, but that's a big focus of theirs. They put labs underground. They put different things underground. Well, you can see those Canaanites. They tunneled under everything. They put their temples a lot of times underground. The, and this is where your Baal worship would pop up. And they, they built an enormous amount of, of ziggurats. And they would, they would go to worship in the, in the high places. And a portion of that is because that's, that, that's where they thought their gods lived. So... Um, and if they didn't worship them in the high places, they worship them in cave-like things, really dark, underground, cave-like things. And they did a lot of human sacrifice and child sacrifice. That's what their gods told them to do. And they also played with the blood a lot. And, and, I, and it would appear to me, look, if those practices were not going on today, this would be the first time in history. Mm. So... The um, when they come on and they say, you know, it's a conspiracy to believe this or that or that there's satanic, hardcore satanic stuff going on with all sorts of vampire like things happening. To me, that's crazy, even at its at its suggestion, because th that that would be happening, because if you were stating that that wasn't happening, this would be the first time in history that it didn't happen. And I I personally tend to believe that you've got all of the stuff from the past that was the size of a little modern day Walmart back then. Today is the scope of tanker ships. It's the scope of skyscrapers. It's a scope that is larger. It would be terrifying if you were looking at all the tentacles of it. And also too is uh, the, you know, Canaan, that's where the, you know, Noah put the curse that's where mm -hmm. you get the giant clans, and, and you know when you look through you know the history of the giants, they they love the caves, you know you know they're right they're, they're earth born, and we talked to uh, those are the Lovelock caves here, the the yeah. city ca when you talk about the red haired six fingered giants out in uh, New Mexico area. Um, oh, is that sort of near where you guys where where are you broadcasting out of Tennessee Tennessee? Oh, you're in Tennessee. Okay, you're yeah. way away from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah but. Uh, no, I'm familiar with what you're talking. Yes, you're correct. You're correct. 
I actually got another. I got a kind of a. Sorry, I got to jump in here. A couple, a little question while we're on the, the Gilgamesh. Um, I'm sorry, Nimrod slash potentially Gilgamesh. Uh, uh, line here when you're talking about their sacrificing you know to their gods at that time are we talking about the Apkalu is that who we're referring to in that you know if you look at well, the so epic the, of Gilgamesh the were sages so they would they would you know I think what they were doing is putting on a lot of out they were trying to copy stuff from the pre-flood world and they were trying to do anything they could to summons these things and so at the yes at the heart of their practices and this is on all their writings it's it's also heavily in the book of yasher they were do, they were doing a lot of sacrifices but particularly human sacrifices there's something about the there's something about human sacrifice that the, that the devil really likes and so like Justin was talking about more towards the beginning of the of our talking here today, he was talking about Inky and Enlil. So these are two characters that are kind of twins and they sort of act as a good cop, bad cop kind of a thing or the yin and the yang or the Masonic teachings will do the checkerboard floor, which they'll sort of in some sense you've got the light and dark part of life so these kind of have to come together in there in there you know you, you know you can't get an omelet without breaking some eggs it's etymology we've got to do some evil to you know get the the good that we want to do over here basically we've got to steal from all the rest of you so that way we can go build something good for ourselves that's their, their thing well that's the same principle then and so you they'll use the inky and enlil formula on a lot of these rocks and these are these are very major characters to them the inky and enlil so inky will be kind of the the good guy figure and whereas the enlil will be the bad guy figure so um but they're sort of one and the same guy <laughs> and, the, and this is going to birth your your sun gods your 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 lineage of your kings that believe they're literally gods and i mean that's what pharaoh was i mean pharaoh under a lot of translations it means uh, uh god king but well that's what he is mm -hmm. he, he is the mediator to the gods so he is you know he he is mediating the empire through the gods and i and i in a very real way guys think that's where they were headed towards today so if you can create a separator like like they did there in egypt where the common man is way down here and the royalty is way up here. And the separator between the two is a bunch of guys with weapons, or in those cases, spears. And that's the separator between the common man who does the grunt work and the people atop the, the pyramid or the tower, if you will. Then those are his systems. So it, it's the same description that we're trying to recreate today that... Um, that you had at that time in, in a very real, I mean, Adolf Hitler, Stalin, any of these people, the, the technologies that you have today to control other people that were well on their way to being employed against all of us. Without the help of God, you could never escape any of them. Amen. And actually, to be to be honest with you guys, what, what really, is sort of the problem in, in, in the time of the Exodus and the time that we're in today 
is that, see, because Pharaoh isn't actually the problem. I mean, he is a problem. Um, these people that are talked about as elites or this or that, the powerful people running the world, if it were just them, you'd be okay because you just look at them and okay, well, there they are. Your real problem is all of the people that aren't awake and they'll just go along with it. That's how you get corralled, if you will, into the slaughterhouse. That's how they get corralled into the slavery in Egypt. And that's how we're being uh, corralled. E even that formula is not even that formula is not So in the book of Yasher, the way the Hebrews ended up in slavery was they were employed by Pharaoh and their wages were made smaller and smaller and the taxes put on them were higher and higher. And then with all of these new taxes put on them, they, were, they began being told that they were stealing from the Pharaoh. Hey man, you, you, you're keeping too much back, you're stealing. So now you've become indebted to coal Pharaoh miners. to pay that the coal miners right. in the store, yeah, right. So, so th this was the mechanism, like boiling a frog, and there were way more of them. The truth is, the Yasher story begins with Pharaoh and his priests being nervous that the Hebrews there were too many of them and they're too tough, and when they go fight an army, they win. When our guys run, <laughs> right? So. So they needed a slow mechanism to convince these people that they were weak and powerless and nobody and progressively that they were thieves and liars and all of this. And pretty soon they found themselves as slaves underneath this small little group of people, quite literally in that case, at the top of the pyramid. And we're well on that path. <laughs> we're well on that path right now. And I, I've gone from being angry at people that, that aren't that aren't um they don't see it they just walk along because they're really the source of your see the, the reason you're slowly getting encaged is because if the whole group of hebrews or the whole group of us says no dude we're not paying your taxes or no dude we're not going to right we're coming in there to get you pharaoh if you tell us this again and we're coming in that in that pyramid then then pharaoh's got no strength so, and it's also um, it's the spirits, you know, the spirits behind them, you know, I mean, it's, you, correct, know, correct. It, you know, we battle not against flesh and blood. And even with those, uh, you know, up Kalu, I see all the correlations, uh, with the, you know, Genesis six fallen angels with the Greek yes. Titans, you know, uh, these guys were, you know, rebelling against God, giving us all this secret wisdom. We are worshiping them as gods. You know, and God threw down the hammer on them, brought the flood, wiped out their children, and imprisoned them. And that's why, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, Apkalu and Anunnaki are all depicted like little fish gods, you know, swimming right. through the, the flood and bringing back the knowledge. And they're trying to to summons these guys back. Yeah. Well, Justin, I think you're exactly right on that. That's the way that it, that's the way that it looks to me. The... Yeah, they do. They they integrate that fish imagery quite a lot into um, uh, into those ancient gods, and they 
And it, it, it would look like that's sort of what they're stating. Yes, yeah, this knowledge is coming back on the other side of the flood. And then and the knowledge that they're talking about is pretty it's um, um, well, it always begins. So so out there, when you're looking at uh, uh, Sumer and Akkad, one of the first things that's really screamed on the rocks is all about witchcraft. So it's, it's see that's the mechanism of communication. So so that you know, and you you get that the mechanism of communication, the witchcraft, before you start building your empires that are kind of because that's now the basis hmm. of the empire. That's the religious basis of the empire is going to be uh, what's communicated with through the witchcraft, and you're going to find that. You're going to find that that same the, the same type of symbolism, the same kind of things that were worshipped, and the same kind of things they're communicating with. You're going to find them the same ones out there in Mesopotamia as you do out in the temples in South America. And that's Samesh, right? Yeah, yeah, they, they're um, correct. Yeah, t t tell the listeners about that. I, I love that. I'd never heard that either. Okay, what is it again? About that, uh, how you were talking about how you got all the sun god worship and you got all these ziggurats and temples around the world, but they're separated by, you know, so much ocean and so much, you know, time and distance, you know, how the epics tie that in. Yeah, well, it, it would look like that the same spirit building out there on the Tower of Babel is kind of branding itself all around the world. Yeah. And by the way, those temples... So when you're looking at those ancient temples, this was all of the work. I mean, a king could a king could put all of that wealth or energy into whatever he wants, right? He could have a bunch of really nice mansions for himself, or he could have a bunch of really nice harems. And a lot of them did that, right? So they, they brag about that too. But you, without building those massive ziggurat temples, you could have even bigger mansions for yourself, right? Even more harems. So in their mind, this was very important to do. In fact, so important that modern engineers look at those temples and, and marvel at how, how they were done. But there's no argument. There was enormous labor in these and the symbolism. So you have Quasi Kettle out there in South America, this is a flying serpent. All of the origins really of all of it come back to serpent worship. So in, in Babylonia, it would be the Tiamat, and before that, out there in Sumer, it would be called Namu, and this is, and they made little idols to these. They made little idols, and they also had these little eye idols for what are called eye temples. So these little things that have eyes on them, and th this is what they were worshiping. So, and, and this definitely ties into Genesis. A, a pretty simple way to view any of this is that you have two two different heavy themes in the world one is that these serpent gods and demons are are good and that that's what's being told to you quite literally by the pharaohs the pharaohs drew super serpents everywhere in fact on a lot of the headdress the serpent would be coming right out of the forehead as if to indicate that's what's running right through the mind of the pharaoh or the king or the king's priest they you know, the, the serpent will be coming right out of the mask, right, th right through the forehead. The other theology, the one that we all share here, fellas, is that demons are bad, that, that these are things that are, they're trying to ensnare you because they, they behave kind of like a virus and it's looking for something to devour, which is, which is pretty well the, the biblical description. 
And so at these ancient temples, when they're doing the sacrifice, they're doing and they're playing the drums real loud. They're going to take the pharmakia. And this is going to weaken all of your senses because you're being asked to do things by these spiritual entities that if you were completely sober and clear minded and clear headed, you would question it. But if you get in a hypnotic days and you're playing the drums and and now you can't hear the people screaming or the cries or the horror of it and you get some um, pharmakia inside of you now suddenly all of the horror of it just becomes a part of practice but this is what their gods were demanding and this is where figures like Nimrod would believe his power came from these are dark temples guys if you were so a lot of these sites that you might visit today in in South America or out there in um, uh, in Iraq or these other places but in South America you can take tours of these temples and they're mesmerizingly beautiful but if you lived in that day and you were to come upon that temple, you would have re every reason to be terrified because the people there are probably not going to be friendly to you. Those temples are altars of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And that was what they put their full focus into. Um, as mesmerizing as they are, they, they would have been, if you were a guy out there living in the jungle with your family, they, they would have been a source of terror for you. If you. I mean, if you weren't part of the group that, that built it. And even if you were, th those, those empires don't have a lot of respect even for their own people. The pharaohs would commonly cause all of their staff to be killed when they died because they needed their staff to go with them to the underworld or to the, you know, to, to, to travel with them. They need their staff to go. that make me so want to be a slacker. For... <laughs> I'd be the worst right. employee. Don't take me. <laughs> right. No, that would actually, that might work. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. That might just get you killed early. <laughs> See, and, and that really is the mindset of the people in charge today. I mean, that's the, when they're talking about population reduction, I have a lot, there's a lot of people that I know that, are that are liberal they they in their mind they, they they can't bring themselves to believe that there's people that would really do this to them what i will express to them from my view the way those people are thinking that run the world is what have you done for me today and if the answer to that is collecting a government check okay so of all the things you could possibly believe the craziest thing you could believe is that any of those people are trying to help you. Making you dependent on the system. They're like you said with the Egyptians, they're they're enslaving you. But what I thought was was fascinating with all that was the spread of the system. You know, uh found out uh about uh Dr. Walt Brown through your videos yeah. and the hydroplate theory. You know, after right. the flood that you know, that's when, you know, Pangea and everything spread out. So then you right. had all these oceans in between all these lands. Well, then when they built the Tower of Babel, and you correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, I just watched your, your videos the other night, but uh, when Cush was handed the, the kingship, he ruled for a while, and he was just basically like an adventurer. You know, he just handed right. off the kingship, and he just built him a big old ship, and he took off to adventure new worlds. And, and you know, you theorized that was basically how you got you know the the serpent gods and these mounds and these uh temples and ziggurats for sun worship and serpent worship throughout the world is uh kush just basically loaded up and took his gods with him and just spread the love <laughs> throughout the world yeah it almost looks like what happened 
um, was that there, there probably were a lot of ships and things that went back and forth um, in, in those times. And then at some point later, that somehow stopped. And those people that had built those empires over there were now disconnected. Like, like, like at some period that there might have been shipping going back and forth. And, th and there's other reasons to believe that as well. For example, you have, um, they, they began finding pharaohs that had cocaine in their system. Hmm. Well, cocaine grows in South America. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of good cause to believe that there were people going back and forth that might have begun with Cush. Cush is told to you on, or who I believe is Cush on the Sumerian Kings list. So took off on these caravans of ships. So, I mean, it would make sense that um, he kind of handed the keys to the, these children, Nimrod in this case, and he sort of went off to go forge new worlds. Well, if he did that and you've got people going back and forth for a while, you're going to establish trade. Now, what if at some point in history that actually kind of cuts off? And so for whatever reason. So now over here, you've got these people in this jungle in South America that eventually it becomes almost like mythology to them that there's this whole other world over here. They don't even know. And then later on, you have people that, that are gonna rediscover them like, like Columbus. And now they're in all of these little pockets building these, these massive temples and their practices have become ultra dark. I mean, really sinister dark in many cases. I mean, like terrifying. You do not wanna run into these people in the jungle. Um, but, but you're right, the spread of it. But yeah, with that, uh... Now, I've touched on it on our show, but I, I've not really went into great detail. Uh, if you don't care, could you blow everybody's mind <laughs> with the, uh, the the garments of the garden? How that come oh. through uh, to, to Nimrod and how uh, it, it worked its way through and even how it uh, coincides with, with Jasher on into Genesis all the way to Joseph. Well, so so we're told that um, that Adam and Eve. So when Adam and Eve uh, fell, that um, that there would be uh, that there was that God came in and uh, and God literally made these garments of skin for Adam and Eve uh, to cover them. These were the coverings that would replace the 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 figs that they were covered in. And I had commonly thought for years because it doesn't tell you what it was that that he killed but this was this is commonly taught in uh any any biblical text as the, the, the god did the first sacrifice so i thought well maybe this might be a lion or maybe it was a, a sheep or something like this these were skins that were that were taken and they were put on adam and eve to to cover them and since the fall fall of man was at the suggestion of the the serpent or this nakash this this shining one is how it's described in the text who was supposed to be a covering for adam it would make sense to me that that first sacrifice or the thing that lost its skins at minimum would actually be the the very serpent and that that's why it hated you that's why the thing hates you but yasher records that these garments and genesis records that so when ham saw the nakedness of his father. So there was something wrong with Ham the entire time. Something he, I, I think Ham was really in love with that pre-flood world. And you have to understand that 
all three of these boys were roughly 100 years old at the point that the, that the flood came. So they, they weren't young. They, they had lived a long life <laughs> having seen that world. Him, when he took off with his sons, he does become, in a sense, sort of like a god because he's got this, he's still got the genes that he's, he's just living an enormous time. And so do a few few of his kids, but he's going to look godlike a few generations later. And all of his teachings are veered towards the dark parts of that pre-flood world. Well, in Yasher, it's telling you that Ham stole the garments from Noah, that that was at least part of the issue there. I think Ham was doing a lot of evil things. A lot of these legends talk about this, this group of righteous gods that live in the mountains. That might be Noah and his family. One of the gods was kicked out. And that one god was basically raping the daughters of the other children. I, I think Noah got fed up with him. Ham stole the garments that's told to us in Yasher. He gave them to Cush. And then Cush gave those garments to the son of his old age or the baby of the family. And that might be when Cush decided to take off and go explore new worlds. He definitely came from the right family to build the boat. But he gave those garments, the baby of the family, Nimrod, and Nimrod put those garments on. So your first dark empire, it, it, it could be that those were actually the garments from the ancient serpent that he was putting on. Now, I, I don't, I don't have that. That's, there's a lot of conjecture in that, but, um, but it could be right, guys. Yeah, it could be correct. And there, and I would venture to guess that a lot of these artifacts are even around today. We we just don't know know it. And the more I've looked at this stuff over the years, the more that I, I I truly believe that the people that believe they run the world, the elites, if you will, that they, they collect all these little things. So, for example, at your museums. You get a little bit of junk. Here's a few dinosaur bones or some junk for you guys. All of that stuff is kept at palaces. And the most prized things are generally biblical art artifacts. And, and a lot of it's at pi palaces, probably in places like Saudi Arabia, yeah. where, where they'll buy this stuff and you will never hear about it again, where they have hallways of these giant bones. So whereas you might find a few little fragments here that, you know, Oh, here's one. We've got evidence of something good. These people have got entire hallways of this stuff in their homes to show to friends over cocktails or whatever. And um, while, they're, while they're, the rest of us are getting the junk, um, a, a lot of these biblical things as well, those, those garments, I would not be shocked if many of these things that you and I have been taught are myth and they don't exist and we didn't even know they were real, many of them are still around today in somebody's glass case. And um, in my mind, there's a very high probability that Nimrod was wearing the actual skins, that that was his garment at the center of these dark practices, is he was wearing the skin of the serpent. And by the way, that Ham was meant to steal. All things happen in this place because God, because God wants them to occur in that specific way. So whereas Ham stole those garments from Noah, because Noah had a lot of things from his fathers. He had records. He had also he had, he had a little trinkets from Adam. That was the lineage that got a lot of that stuff and made it on that boat. 
And amongst those were those garments. And I would know for the record that that was the thing of all the stuff that Noah had. Ham didn't want to steal, for example, his father's writings or anything else. No, he wanted those serpent garments. Mm -hmm. That's what he wanted. And uh, and that's what he gave. And this was a prized thing that he he hid. And he believed they were a badge of honor, but they weren't. They were a covering. They were a covering of shame. And that's what Nimrod was wearing each day was 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 those garments, whatever they might have been. But and, and Yasher makes it out too, like it's uh, like they had magical properties, because you know it says you know when he was twenty years old, basically the age of becoming a man, you know, as far as like the you know that time frame, he put it on and became Gaborim, you know the the same word and verbiage used to describe the Nephilim. There, there was. Um... So, uh, so the Lord describes Nimrod as um, a mighty hunter before the Lord. And Nimrod was a character, even in Yasher, that he, on numerous occasions, he goes back and forth. I mean, he would do a lot of evil stuff, and then something would happen that would shake him, like the incident that happened with Abraham, where he threw Abram in the, in the fire. And, uh, and before he did that, Abram had told him, he had said, uh, he what did he say he's he uh, nimrod he destroyed the idols is mm-hmm. what abram did and and the reason he knew to do that is because he had been up there living with noah and shem so he was learning the teachings from noah and shem and when he came back to his father's house and his father's making all these idols for terra which is where you you get the word terracotta idols or where you get the word teraphim and and by the way that word means a shameful thing that, that's who Abram's father was. When he came back to his father's house, he was really offended by this. And so he um, put out an offering for the gods. And I think he did this several times. And then finally, he, he came to the king. He said, you know, this is absolutely ridiculous. But yet it looked like it was the right thing to do because Nimrod is literally running an empire. And Abram's dad is literally administrating this. So these are the ultra rich people of that time. Most of the dialogues between Terra and Nimrod, Nimrod's arguing at one point about how much he paid him for a horse at one point. I give you the finest horse. So these people are living very well, according to the text, and running an empire. And Abram's now brought into that. So he's testing these gods. And then he gets angry about it and he smashes them. Well, this even upsets Terra, who has Abram brought before the council of the dark priests. And Nimrod says, well, uh, are you going to tell me what you've done to the idols? And, and Abram said to, to Nimrod, he said, uh, well, I, I put out an offering and the little gods all jumped for it. And then the big one, he got mad. So he hacked the little ones up and then he went back in place. And you can see uh, Lord Nimrod, he still got the hammer in his hand. So uh, <laughs> that's what happened. He was mad that the smaller gods tried to steal the offering. And uh, so Nimrod came over and said, um, so you're actually going to come in here and tell me a story like this. How, how foolish do you think I am? You, you not understand the center of power where you are? And then the dark priest kind of chimed in, the Abkelu priest or whatever. And they said, not, not only has he destroyed the idols, but this is the kid that you paid Terah, your head idol maker, 
to give to you to uh, to kill that would destroy our works. And we told you this 40 years ago. And now here he is, and look what he's done. And Tara lied to you, too. And this is the point where Tara starts stating, do what you want to him. I got nothing to do with it. I tried to, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so Nimrod says, because, and notice what Nimrod does. He's not going to kill Tara because he needs Tara to run the idols and to run this whole charade. But he says to him, no, I'm going to kill both of your sons because you've done this. But before that point, when he says, he looked down at uh, Abram and he said, uh, so you've just told me this story. How foolish do you think I am? And Abram told him, he said, um, I don't know, my Lord, how foolish are you? You won't believe the story that I just told you, but you tell the men of all earth that these are the gods that created the world, these gods made of earth and stone. You're doing the very same things that the men did before the flood that caused God to destroy the world. So I ask you, my king, how foolish are you? And, and that really bothered Nimrod. And it was his high priest that worked him into the position of, you gotta throw him in the fire. And, 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 they, and they said, he's insulted all of us and he's made all of us look foolish. You've gotta kill him. And not only that, Tara lied to you. So that's what Nimrod did. He went and he threw him in the fire. And it says that, uh, and so there was Abram and there was um, Haran. And Haran's son was Lot. And that's why Abraham always took care of Lot in the stories. Lot would get stuck at Sodom and Gomorrah. This actually happened to him twice. And he wouldn't come out of there. But Abram took care of Terah's son because they were both thrown in the fire together. And it says that Terah, that, um, or Haran, I'm sorry, burned up immediately. But that Abram didn't, and he was in there for three days, according to Yasher. And then finally, on the third day, Nimrod came to the edge, and he's yelling down in there. And he says, how, how are you still alive in there? And Abram said, I'm not sure, my king. But perhaps it's the God of our fathers that preserves me in this flame. And it says that Nimrod fell down, and he just began to cry. And uh, he says, please pull him up. And, uh, and this was probably the wisest thing that Nimrod ever did because he, he gave, and then he gave uh, Abram all these gifts of, of silver and stone. Now, there were two kings in Yasher and in your biblical text that blessed Abram. And one is the kingdom that would lead to Babylon, and that's going to be Nimrod. And the other is the king that would lead to Egypt. And both of these are the source of all your occult today. Now, God told Abraham, I will bless those that bless thee and curse those that curse thee. He didn't put any fine print on that. And the two places that heavily blessed Abram, one of them was right there with Nimrod, and the other one was right there when the king tried to take Sarah. And your, and your biblical texts go clear through that, where the king said, no, no, take her back. You tried to put this curse on us. Here's all the, this gold and uh, horses and camels. So it was both of these empires that blessed Abram. And both of them were blessed. God kept that promise. He blessed the two most wicked empires on earth, the source of all the cult today, because they blessed Abram. And what I love, too, is about the book of Yasher is how a lot of Christians, you know, oh, it's not in your Bible. You don't need to be looking into there. But how they correlate so perfectly. Because in that story you were just talking about, amongst the gifts that Nimrod gave him, one of them was 300 mighty men. Right. Well, later, when he goes to save Lot, 
from the the kings of Elam, which was you know you know Lugobanda, you know Charlemagne or Charlemander. Uh, it says plainly in Genesis that Abram went with three hundred men. Yeah, you know, and then the whole garment yeah, so thing with Yasher. Yeah, so, uh, so Yasher is like a doc documentary style um, covering of the uh, of of events that happened. You know, some of which the the author of Yasher clearly wasn't present for, but he's putting together the. Uh, all, all of the the events and um, all of these stories. And by the way, these these same sort of events or or very close that you're reading in Yasher, you're going to find in in the all sorts of of different beliefs and legends that come from the Jews. And that book of Yasher, I believe it's authentic. Now, if you're reading the book of Acts, it was put together by Luke. The events that Luke is writing about, he wasn't present for. So he put together, based on his, his dialogues and with the um, uh, people that were there, he put together a text for you. And I would liken this similar to what you're, you're reading in Yasher. So, um, so Yasher is not a, a firsthand account, but it's an account that um, I believe it. And it does match. It matches very well with the biblical text. And even the, so, the, the garments thing I thought was fascinating because, you know, according to Yasher, Nimrod had the garments. And then uh, he bumped into Esau. And then right. they fought to the death. And then when he returned home, he was on his basically deathbed and asked his brother uh, to nurse him back to health. And he, he refused unless he traded him his birthright. And he's like, well, if I'm dead, what need do I have of my birthright? Take it. And that right. goes right along with Genesis when he comes in from a, a hunt and was right. famished and got the, the red stew. You know, it just yeah, adds Esau more details. Was, um, Esau, yeah. So apparently Esau was stalking Nimrod. And it's, and it's also interesting that it is that lineage that actually ended up getting uh they ended up killing Nimrod just like the prophecy stated <laughs> but uh but Esau had apparently gone well beyond hunting and other people that he viewed as powerful he um um he went after and in this case Nimrod and he specifically wanted that garment mm -hmm. and and he, he lied in wait and it also states in the text that he wanted to do it I, I believe it states he wanted to do with it knife so he, he actually, in his own head, it was insufficient to get him from a distance. Esau actually wanted to, uh, he, he wouldn't have felt satisfied if he, did, he didn't actually physically overcome him in hand-to-hand -hand combat. He, he, um, he did not want to just get him with a bow from a distance. Yeah. He actually wanted to know in his own mind, I killed Nimrod with my hands. Uh, but then when he ran with the garments, yeah, because you would look at the passage in, in Genesis and say, well, this foolish guy, he sold out his, his entire birthright for a, for a bowl of soup. It must not have been worth anything to him. But if you put it in the context where now he's running from Nimrod's guys, he believes he's going to be hunted to the ends of the earth, which didn't end up happening to him, but he believed it would. Um, and he says, I'm hungry, I'm famished, I'm going to die. 
now it now it paints kind of a larger picture for what situation that he was in. He was in the field hunting, but he was, you know, along the way, he'd, he'd also killed Nimrod, which, which is kind of a, you know. Uh, makes more sense now. Yeah, yeah. And and another thing about these characters, um, evil men often tend to live a long time, even in the biblical text. Like the Lord wants you, you know, you you don't ever really imagine Nimrod going beyond the Tower of Babel, but yet yet he did. And he became subject underneath, almost like a showpiece, for um, the king of Elam. So, he and this also for the king of Elam is kind of a big deal. I mean, you don't want to kill Nimrod. Look, he works for me now, right? That's yeah. like, like a better statement. It's a trophy. Him. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> my, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he, he does what I say. Um, so, so th this was sort Nimrod's end was kind of a, kind of a progressive walk of shame and then in the end of it he would be you know out out hunting and enjoying his kind of retirement nimrod years and out of the brush comes esau who wants to kill him in hand-to-hand -hand combat and is gonna literally take his head off and uh, make off with his garments and so the garments actually find this way of of making it back home but another thing about the those garments See, Joseph got a, a coat of many colors. And um, and I have speculation now that those were probably sewn together from um they 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 were probably sewn together because this was the favorite son, uh Isaac and Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. So you have the 12 sons, and then you had uh, uh Joseph, who had this coat of many colors. What's funny about that coat of many colors is just like with Nimrod, and whether that's the garments or not, it had the same effect. It made him arrogant against his brothers. Yeah. And actually, Joseph never became who he was supposed to become until all of that was off of him. He, he was actually in the, in the Pharaoh's prison when the Lord could use him. So... Whatever power, if you will, that, that Nimrod believed the, the garments had, God wasn't able to use. Both of them were arrogant men. Joseph was arrogant against his brothers to a point where they threw him in a hole and wanted to kill him. And then a few of them said, no, let's sell him. And, um, and that's literally what they did. And this played a role in God's plan as well. But it wasn't until Joseph humbled himself. Um, the garments were were never a badge of honor for any of them. I do want to pitch something to you, and I've talked to Stephen about this, and I just want to pick your brain. Okay, this is the first time I've openly talked about this, but and this is not something that I, you know, I mean that I would, you know, build my cross on and 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 die on this hill. But it, it's a theory that I've been kind of developing that makes you know some sense to me uh what's your thoughts on bigfoot well i'm not sure there's a lot of people <laughs> what's funny about the bigfoot is the uh whenever i'm out there in tennessee this is a big thing out there yeah um i i don't know they're um um what do you guys think they're they're ordinarily so but in, until the past few years when i've talked to people that are actually out there um th there's substantial claims to it 
um maybe you can you can tell me what what um what you're thinking along those lines well see that was something me honestly i just thought was just some some myth or crazy story and never really give it much thought or attention but uh once i've been you know digging into scripture and reading and it honestly just kind of like hit me out of the blue one day i was just sitting there reading and in genesis 25 25 mm-hmm. that's that's the birth of esau yeah it says that he came out completely red and covered in hair like a cloak okay and so esau was red and covered in hair okay right. all the bigfoot depictions that you hear you know he, he he's reddish and covered in hair and then and he lives in tennessee yeah oh no he, <laughs> he migrated he got caught up in the whole Pangea split. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. But but what I thought was uh funny was uh even when he uh when Jacob went to deceive his father. Mm-hmm. You know, what did he do? You know, Rebecca gave him uh, a lamb skin to put over his arm. He was that hairy. Okay. Right. <laughs> I mean it wasn't an exaggeration. I mean it was he was literally that hairy. So and then when you get to digging through the, like you know, the lineage you know, he was uh, from, uh, his people was the Edomites. You know, right. Dom, the last part of his name is red. You know, right. and, and they're, you know, theorized to have built, um, um, shoot, that uh, big stone uh, cutout uh, building in the Indiana Jones movies. Oh, you're talking <sighs> about um, in the one in Jordan. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Petra. Yeah, Petra. Petra, yeah. So, and when you look at all the doors and stuff in Petra, they're huge. Right. So, and then I was, you know, I was just kind of like, well, hey, you know, and this was like a joke, you know, I was like, well, maybe Esau was the the Bigfoot seed. He was the first Bigfoot. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, guys, that. But but what I was going to finish with was the uh, whole Gilgamesh epic you know how the the you know the demonic flips everything upside down and tells right. stories to favor them what right. if you know this big if what if esau you know in the book of yasher went after nimrod and they met and had uh-huh. this epic battle and he, and he slayed nimrod well what if uh gilgamesh nimrod retold the story and twisted it where he won and defeated Esau, but his name was Humbaba. Well, it's, you know, it's very, it's, you know, it's very possible. The, <laughs> um, there, well, here's where, you know, the Inkadu character is also um, covered with hair. Yeah. And is, uh, is a, so I, you know, I, I had, you know, had, had you, had you asked me 10 years ago, I, I would, I, I would have chuckled it off, <laughs> but there's so many strange things that we, we just don't know. Right. And, um, um, and who knows what lurks in the wood. And there's also a lot of supernatural things. There's, I mean, had you asked me 10 years ago about a lot of the stuff that I believe now, um, with, which is part of the reason we're, I've been going through and sort of changing some of the, the, the films is to kind of update some, some things in there that I, but a lot of these things that we would just all think are, are myth or fictional are, 
are very real. And particularly, um, uh, well, particularly with both the Lord and the demonic stuff, but is is closer. I, I think if I think if people could see some of these different rituals that are described on the rocks, um, that when they're telling you in Hollywood, for example, that this is spooky town, um, that, that, that they're metaphorically telling you something far larger than um, than it's coming off as. That they, they really are people that as common practice are interacting with spirits. And who knows what's out there in the woods. Gilgamesh says that he was hanging out with with, uh, with a character that would look exactly like Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, so, and, and Issa is described as being overwhelmingly um, hairy. So I have no idea. And he, but, lived, um, and he lived with the animals. And that's what, you know, and then after... But they that uh, Gilgamesh sent the prostitute to him. That after they smelled human on him, that the animals wouldn't even respond to him anymore. Yeah, that's that's curious, isn't it? That that's a that is very curious. Yeah, I hadn't even thought that direction. So um, you actually have later in Yasher, you have um, um, oh what what is that character called? The goat type character. Um, I can't believe the name has escaped me. But this goat character that uh, is covered with fur and all of this that is uh, found living in a cave. I can't remember the context of it, but it's a strange, obscure little section of the text. And so it, at bare minimum, that section of the text, it happens far later. It happens like during the days of basically Joshua, There's a satyr type of a creature mm -hmm. that they find in a cave. Somebody finds in a cave and, and, and kills it. At bare minimum means that people at that time believed that these kind of things were there. So um, I, I don't know, guys. That I um, when I'm in Tennessee next, I'm going to look more at it. It's funny you you say that because um, Matt Aaron, one of the guys over at uh, Dave Dave Ramsey's uh, place, he uh, um, when I said when I saw him last time which has been three or four years ago, he said, do you know about all the updated Bigfoot stuff? And I said, no. <laughs> he said, you've got to look at these things. And he was very serious. I thought he was joking, but he, what, he began laying out this case for it. So um, I'm interested to see where those things go. I haven't put a lot of thought in it, but you're right. These, these pages contain a lot of things that... Um, and notice also that Gilgamesh's friend, not everybody was like this. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, I mean, you wouldn't mm -hmm. know that there was one if you weren't Gilgamesh's friend and yeah. hanging out with him. He right? was the exception. <laughs> right. Well, right. i tell you what, though, and when so you do come to Tennessee, you holler at us and, and, and we'll bring our ARs and we'll go Bigfoot hunting with you. We'll go. You got All my right. number. Give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be quite a thing, though. It'd be helpful to, um, yeah, if we had a, a Bigfoot body that would, um, uh, and we could keep hold of it, it would be it, it would be incredible to find out what kind of things. I bet we would be shocked at some of the things that are kept in palaces of Earth. I would tell you that are right. out of the Smithsonian. The, the whole. Well, you see, the, the, the bit on that stuff. I think that the whole, and you look at it, and I, my theory more on the Bigfoot is it's more of a present day. If you look back into the mythology, it's a present day um, uh, uh centaur or present day um you know uh what am i thinking of 
all those different mythological creatures, right? When you had mm-hmm. the the what was the oh, bull the, guy? What am I thinking of the centaur? The, no, the bull, the the minotaur that was minotaur. always like in the lab. Oh yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. Like I feel like Bigfoot, and I think that if you look at some of those texts, you look at the Book of Giants when it talks about the mixing, the crossing of species. You know when it talks about that the. Uh, it said, bring 200 donkeys, bring 200 of each species for all of those fallen angels that came down, that there was a, a, a mixing of DNA, even of the of the animal realm. And I think a lot of those mythological creatures came from those things. And I think because, right. you know, there's a little bit of truth in every myth. It's not always, you know, it's not going to be 100 percent, but. I believe a lot of that stuff came from that. And I think if we want to be serious about Bigfoot, that that's definitely, if you look at, there's even those um, reports that Stalin was trying to cross women with gorillas to make super soldiers that were dumb enough to follow orders, but super strong. I mean, there's, there's documented evidence of this. Wow. And you know, if, if, that he was trying to do down. this. You know darn well Then the U.S. government was probably going, you know what, we need to try to do it too. Well, even the guys after the flood, just like, you know, Trey was talking about earlier, you know, with the, the fish heads and uh, the, the wings and all this kind of, you know, stuff, they were trying to imitate stuff from the, you know, pre-flood world. So, you know, that's what we do. We see stuff, we try to imitate it. You know, you got all these elongated skulls. Yeah, some of them are from head binding because they still have the sadder sutra lines. But there's some that they find that the sutra line is completely missing. That shows you that they were born that way. It wasn't from deformation. But even with the ones that are deformed, what were they trying to emulate? Mm-hmm. So that the, the uh, yeah they could have they could have also at that time if the genetics were were stronger. Th- there's a lot of animals that you can breed to you, you can kind of breed today between species, mm-hmm. but not very many of them. And um, so in the past, who knows what you could have done? Well, I think when you talk about post-flood and you, you're going into the land of Canaan, the cursed land where all the Rephaim were and everything that it, you know, when God said, kill every man, woman, child, and every animal, don't even bring the animals back. It's because they were all, in, in my opinion, I bet you at that time, they were still trying to mix the DNA. They were trying to there was there was there was abominations at that time in the lord's eyes because it was in pure dna in the same way that with noah you know god said noah was was blemishless like just like it, it uses the same hebrew word as it does for when they talked about a a perfect lamb meaning that yeah. his blood was pure noah's blood was pure which is why the bloodline for that would eventually be jesus was carried on through him and everybody else had to go yeah, I that's um, that that appears to be the case. And that the areas where they have trouble today are the uh, same areas that weren't unconquered, and and also the, those um, peoples. Yeah, they they did not obey God in doing that. And there's something about these these practices, these occult practices, that that always have an interest in that. In fact, that God in a nutshell. There, there's women that write a lot about all sorts of different things, but a common thing over the years is pe- people that are believing, not only are they interacting with entities at night, but doing, uh, doing sexual things with them. And a lot of people will get involved in these 
relationships, if you could call it that. And I and I've I've listened to some of the. You would say to yourself, okay, well, they're just saying crazy things, and maybe they are. But I think, but many they really believe it, uh, and I believe them too that they're, they're entering these kind of hypnotic states so that they can uh, do sexual things with entities that are in those states. The deeper and deeper that you go into it, the, the more it'll sound like just absolute craziness. But that's just the start of it. If you're if you're if you're doing occult stuff, how, how far does that go? And I don't I don't know the answer to that. But I think the things in there are trying to lure you in. But yeah, have you ever do any documentaries and dive into that kind of stuff? Uh, we recently interviewed this woman named uh, Heather Arnold. And she's okay. down in uh, Aruba, and she's wrote a book called uh, Giants of Aruba. And uh, you can go back and li- if you uh, listen to that episode we done with her, she told us some crazy stories along those lines about down there in the islands. The locals have uh, stories about uh, you know basically these like almost like Bigfoot giants that would come right. out and steal little girls and stuff, and like hold them hostage for several years and then mate with them and send them back and they'd be pregnant and then birth these, you know, hybrid beings and all kinds of wild stuff like that. But yeah, there is, isn't there? there? There are quite a few weird stories that go on um, and, and strange things. There are even strange things now that, that people see that are, that are born from time to time. I don't know, guys. Uh, I, I, I don't know. But um, so you like the film, the new films? They were okay. Oh, they were great. That's what I've been telling everybody. Did, yeah. They looked better than the um, than the past. I was really, really working heavily to make them look to get the appearance of them up. Yeah, that yeah, your, your your picture quality was a lot better, and like you said too, the uh, uh, the music's not overpowering. You can still hear everything you're saying real well. And, and yeah, and honestly, I love the main thing I love about you know trey's videos is there uh i like you know i make the comment all the time in the show you know show us your nuggets you know i want the gold nuggets give me the you know the tidbits of information i love that stuff and trey is just like rapid fire you sit there and it's like you're 20 minutes in and you've done discovered 10 15 things that you'd never heard of before and it's right there in your bible the whole time you just overlooked it it's like when i Anytime I watch your stuff, I have to sit there with a uh, a notepad and take all these notes. That way, I can go back into like my Logos Bible software and plug all these things in. <laughs> wow, everything that's like the, awesome, man. That's uh, awesome, guys. Yeah, the numeric system with the the Hebrew letters. He goes into that. He goes into the flying cross in the desert. You know, when God gives the instructions of the Israelites how they're to encamp. There was a reason when you actually lay it out. It was a cross with the tabernacle in the center. So it was a moving cross on the desert floor. Just all these, just you know, explosive little nuggets that I just I love. I love your stuff. Well, thank you very much, guys. I'm I'm really honored about that. Uh, it would be good to actually get together, and I began getting out and and sort of meeting people at this point. And I want to keep doing that. And there's a lot of people. I tell you, Tennessee is a really good state. I, I felt very called to that. That's where we're actually in the process of moving to out there, sort of by Pigeon Forge and Knoxville and these oh, type uh, of Oh, yeah, areas. that's like two hours away from hour us. Hour and a half, yeah. about an hour and a half. Really? Yeah, we go to Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge all the time. Really? Beautiful, yeah. Well, 
you know, there, there's, there's a lot of people that uh, just seem to be sort of gravitating towards uh, some of these states, and Tennessee is one of them. That's the state that we, we both really liked, and plus, it's, very, it's really beautiful out there. No, it is. Nashville is that they're trying to take over Nashville, probably, but they're, yeah. uh, that's a very, very good and solid state, the state of Tennessee. It is. It, it's, it's, you know, you got a lot of greenery. It's pretty, you know, southern, you know, uh, hospitality. Uh, taxes are low. Good, friendly people and beautiful scenery. I, I love Tennessee. And I've it, lived winters everywhere. are not bad. I've lived everywhere, and, and this is where we settle. I've lived everywhere from originally from Michigan to Florida to Montana to here. So we're, uh, we're happy here. And you like this bet, that better than Florida, Tennessee? Yes. I, there's certain things about, uh, and this is, I, I love saltwater fishing. That's that's one of my passions. I just love fishing down there. But I can go down for a week, get my fill of it, and come back and and be in the mountains in a a state where you don't, you can. And this is this is the honest to goodness truth. And the part that blew me away the most about being here is, you can ha- you can strike up a conversation with anybody about God, and no one looks at you funny everybody's everybody you know when we're in the bible belt it's just a different feel people wave people i there were neighbors i never met in florida after 13 years they just people just didn't come out of their house didn't want to talk to you and (laughs) and, you know now my neighbors you know that they're the first to come over hey you need any help you need this you need that and you just everybody's polite everybody's nice um i mean you know in general you're gonna have a couple everywhere but you also don't a, have a lot of disasters in Tennessee. Yeah. The, yeah. For, for example, I mean, uh, you know, in, in Florida, every few, you know, you're going to have to get out of the way of a hurricane. Or you're going to lose your when house to a sinkhole. When I grew up in Houston, we had whole streets that would go underwater once about every three or four years, particularly, it wasn't our home normally, but right across the street, it would normally get them. In fact, to such a depth that points in the, area where i lived uh which was like the cyprus area there were areas that would go so get so deep if you had a hurricane come through that you guys would ride jet skis through the subdivision wow right during the oh you'd have whole homes underwater and then they had to come redo it again and also not to bring it up out there in gatlinburg and those other areas i've looked at the u.s map if you like had all of the nuclear weapons like set off against us You'd be there in Gatlinburg, and you'd be like, something happened, man? Did it shake a little bit? Did, yeah. did you feel anything? No, CNN's not coming on, but, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, what you, is you it, might that not Y-12 even notice plant in uh, uh, Oak Ridge? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you could have Yellowstone go off, and you'd barely notice it. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> These okay. mountains, they protect you. We're very blessed to be here. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Well, Trey, I ain't going to keep you, man. I know you, you busy, man. You still editing on videos and stuff right now ain't you we're we're working on it and i um i think some of the best things are still yet to come guys i we're we're gonna begin like you were saying rapid fire in the videos we're gonna try to get quicker and on putting some stuff up so that there's things for people continually see i think heavy things are about to come and there are good things coming but i think there are a lot of what people will perceive well they are they're going to be heavy things yeah if you, and where you're streaming too, honestly, like where you do these two hour videos, I mean, there's, you know, there's what I call nuggets. There's a thousand nuggets in, in one of those videos, man, you, right. could, you could bust those up into 
30, 45 minutes and, and get a hundred episodes out of one of your films for, for your streaming service. I mean, there's yeah, so much yeah. potential and volume there. We've been talking, we've been talking about that. And the, I, th I think that's actually a great idea guys. Cause there's those, those films and I want to keep doing them because I enjoy that myself. Actually, like at night I'll want to watch something and I don't, like if I'm laying down to watch something, I don't want to have to watch 45 minute things, but yeah. I see your point that what we ought to do is put up a lot of what you're calling nuggets there online and keep the full, full length things for people to, I, I do like there being something so somebody can lay back and they don't have to get up or like, you know, find another five minute thing after the last yeah. five minute thing. And, but, um, but no, I hear exactly your, your point. Before you before you uh, go or anything, Trey, why don't you tell everybody where they can find all your stuff, your information, and everything? Okay, so it's at gardenandnutshell dot com, and that's uh, so we've got um, one one of the things that people seem these books look really nice that we've got. They're uh, pre flood and Nimrod and Exodus. I think they're pretty good walkthroughs of the biblical stuff in a simple way. If, if I were going to ask people to uh, follow me somewhere, if they came over to, to Rumble, really working to try to build that channel up and also on Truth Social, try, trying to get it where, um, where I'm, I'm not just in one spot. So, and I'm probably also going to be putting some stuff up on that Rumble channel. I could, that I might get in trouble if I put on YouTube. Yeah. So I, I'm going to be, I'm probably be using those things a little more, particularly as we're coming into heavier times, because there's a lot of, you know, view it like an animal. I mean, you had some people, you've had some people that really did want to put everybody in slavery. I mean, that's what they wanted to do. And, and I think a lot of that's falling apart on sets of people and they're going to do some dangerous stuff guys they're 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 going to and i really believe that in this year of 2023 you're you're going to feel like everything is thrown at you from from dark stuff they're going to tell you the weather's wrong they're going to tell you that the power's out they're going to tell you that the trucks they're they're it like like lightning rounds of it because it's like an animal trapped Right. And, and it's going to claw you on its way out some. I mean, that's just an opinion. I don't have a prophetic word. I'm just sort of got my thumb on the on the looking at it. And uh, they're not going out without a fight. And in fact, they're still intent to win. <laughs> like like right. They're not like backing off like, OK, guys, we'll uh, we'll let you go. They want to destroy everybody and be in charge. And they're hell bent to do it. And view it like a view it like a. Okay, so one of the things in the Kim Clement stuff, he said they watch all your movies and how the White House has been taken down. Okay, so view it like a set of like at the end of every bad guy movie, the bad guy's got his thumb on the trigger of something, right? With the idea, okay, well if I go, you're gonna go too. That That's what sense. you're dealing with. That makes sense. Yeah. That's what you're dealing with. I mean, if we're going to go down and we're not going to have power and we're not going to get to do our way, you know what? You're going down with us. And and I think that's I, I, I think we've all got a brace because I think that's their mindset and that's what they're going to do. And on some of it, they're going to succeed. 
they're gonna throw some punches and they're and they're gonna luckily they're not gonna land all of them but they're probably gonna land some ones that hurt and uh so i would that's just an opinion but i i i think for all the people out there that are that are getting supplies and stuff for if uh, power goes out and these kind of things that's probably probably wise well, you mentioned I, Kim I, Clement. Uh, yeah. Your opinion. Do you think that we are currently in the the second humbling? Because when I listened to those, you know, I mean, this was back in 2020. You know, I thought the 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 second humbling was, I guess, like the the second wave of COVID. But apparently, yeah. we're still we're still being humbled. It seems. Yeah. I, 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 man, I hate to admit this, but I think it goes a little worse too. So here's the litmus test for it. So I've got a few friends that are actually, that are, that are, that are liberals. And I act commonly in my mind, I use them as an example because I'll talk to them and I'll think to myself, okay, so what would it take for this guy that's over here to like change his mind and be on my side? And the answer to that is pretty dark. You could show them, you could have like clips of horrible things being done to kids and you could have, okay, you could take, for example, let's take election fraud. Okay. So if you were to say, look, man, I think um, your elections have been defrauded. Oh no, it's a conspiracy theory. Okay. You say, okay, here's the evidence of the elections being taken. Oh no, that would never happen. Russian disinformation. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the people that defrauded it. Here's these people. Okay, and they're all your top favorite people, and they're not going to admit it before you, okay, today and verify it. Oh, well, they had to do it because that's always the chain of things conspiracy, it didn't happen, it can't be real. And well, okay, so maybe it's real, we had to do it, right? Now, let's say you had the same thing with this plethora of stuff, okay, so now they've defrauded you, man, but that's cool with you, right? Oh, yeah, they had to. Okay, so now let's say that they were also simultaneously, they were doing all these horrible things to kids. Oh, no, they're not doing that. You're going to go through the same process. Mm. Okay, so now here's video of them doing the the bad stuff to the kids. Here's in your face. Oh, no, that can't be real. That's probably digital editing. Okay, so here they come again, just like they admitted before. Now they're going to show you the tape and admit to it, and they want to do it to your kid. Is that okay? Well... They want to do it to my kid? Yes, yes. You're, you'll have to give your child over now to do it. Okay, if we have to. Do I still get my $1,200 check? So now you just found the answer to it. The $1,200 check or whatever it is has to go away. Because they're, they're not... See, you've got this whole segment of society that actually at the end of it, it doesn't matter how dark it is or how evil the people are that are doing these things to you. It's it, it, as long as I can get. So, so I, I think what it looks like in the end of, so how does that guy change his mind when there's no $1,200 check and when you can't afford the gas and when there's nothing at the store and that the people that they have to go to were those conspiracy people who were telling you all along, they're defrauding you, they're stealing from you. Oh, it's no big deal. They had to, they had to do it. They had to do all this bad stuff. Right. And those people that think like that would sell their own kids out. A lot of them do. The second humbling of it, here's what will happen, is that guys like you guys on the other end of the screen, you're, you're probably on your end, the audience that you talk to, they're probably sort of prepped for a rainy day. The guys out there wearing dresses and doing all this silliness, they're not. 
most of them have taken uh, the COVID shots, you know, that they have, right? So they're going to go walk through the new nightmares of, see, see, you, you've got, this is what I'm telling you. You've got whole sets of people. They, they just, even to their own detriment, they'll walk along and they've been carrying all of us with them. Herd mentality. And that has to, and that has to change. And I think the only way that changes is for it to become so difficult for a minute that that group is no longer a voice listened to. See, and, and, it, and just for that to happen, it's got to go underwater a minute. So I, I honestly, I think that, that this year we're coming up on of 2023, I, I, I truly believe fellas, there's going to be quite a bit of dark stuff. And there's gonna then there's gonna be some scary moments and some scary moments in it. And this is just a guess, but that those are really necessary because people tune in to places like CNN and other things, and you can't tell them, "Hey, man, you, they're gonna take everything from you. You're gonna have nothing," because even if that's told to them to the very end, they're not gonna understand it until there's a boot on their neck. Then they'll understand. But before that, they won't. So, but we're going to be okay, guys. There's incredible years ahead. We're just not there yet. And it takes a little bit of darkness. And there has to be, and I don't actually think there is a Democrat party. I, 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 I don't. I think that, I think there's a lot of, I'm not stating there's not a Democrat down the street. I'm just stating I do not think the country is 50-50 by any stretch. When I go down, because I've been in Democrat play, even years ago, when they did these these personhood votes here, and and this was about whether a fetus is a um, was a person. I went to the polling locations and I noticed something very interesting in the Democrat areas. I mean, there are a few ladies there with the vagina hats on and all of this, but the lines around the building were all conservative people, and these were in Democrat heavy Democrat areas. So next year they did it. I did the same thing. And I went to uh, Aurora and I went to Arvada and all these heavy Democrat areas. And back then there wasn't mail-in voting. The mail-in voting makes this easier. Mm -hmm. Now, when you watch the news, and I could not find the Democrats voting for this thing. Right. Or, but later that night, all the big comedy shows were stating, oh, those stupid conservatives, those stupid Christians, they, they believe they were actually going to win. Well, okay, so where would the Democrats have been at that voted for this thing? But if you were only watching your news, you would easily believe that you just lost. When in fact, I bet those those races were won. And both times, it was claimed it was two-thirds that it was overcome by. I think a lot of this stuff is illusions. I do not think the country's a 50-50 split. And I believe it's for small. Do people that throw rocks through windows vote? Do drunk college kids stand in line to vote? Largely not. Largely people that have jobs, that work, that do people that collect government checks, like the people that I was just giving the examples of, who will be like, oh, yeah, okay, well, um, uh, we had to do it. <laughs> so do I get my check? I know numerous people like this in my life. Do, do they go vote? Because I'll ask them that. Did you go vote? No, man, there's plenty of other people doing it. No, there's not. Not on their side. I'm telling you, fellas, I don't believe there is a Democrat party. I'm interested to find out what the real numbers are in the end. But it, it's not the people throwing rocks. They're not going to stand in line and vote. 
It's not the people putting on dresses. They don't, you know, a few of them might show up to vote. Actually, they may be the only ones. And a few and a few Kennedy Democrats that are left. And if and, and and by the way, if Kennedy saw those Kennedy Democrats standing in that line by the women in vagina hats to go cast their vote for Democrat, he'd be rolling in his grave. Yeah. He'd be mm-hmm. so ashamed. Yeah, guys, I think we're going to walk through some heavy stuff, man. But I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. I think we're going to come out the other end. And maybe we'll go look for Bigfoot together on the other side of it. Oh, I'm in yeah. for that. We're down for that. Yeah, that'd be fun to do. Or right in the middle of it, you know, while the world screams. <laughs> yeah. We'll go look for a Bigfoot. Have some Bigfoot jerky. <laughs> <laughs> some yeah. Bigfoot jerky. Well, Trey, once again, uh, I appreciate you coming out and uh, sitting down with us. And uh, maybe we can do this again in the future when you get some time, man. I love it. Have a good oh, time. I would love to as well. Uh, well, guys, we thank you for tuning in. And uh, roll up your sleeves, get your hands dirty, and keep on digging. We thank you for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Questions, comments, or future episode ideas, we'd love to hear from you at the dig 423 at gmail.com. If you enjoy our content, don't forget to share, subscribe, and check out our Facebook group at The Dig Podcast. Remember, you can't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. You gotta dig. Hey, this is Trey Smith with The Dig Podcast. God bless every last one of you on the other side of the screen.